Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Harry Winks right at the last. Deli Alli. Lamella. To Dombele. He's back in the game. Hugo Lloris. And he saved it. And the final Welcome to the last word on Spurs. I'm Richard, a bit upset, a bit annoyed and a bit, oh my days. Um, anyway, listen, I'm going to start the show with a little quote for you, which seems quite apt this evening. The great Danny Blancheflower. The game is about glory. It's about doing things in style and with a flourish and about going out and beating the other lot, not waiting to die of boredom. And I think that seems to be ringing in a lot of people's ears tonight and uh, and your views as well on social media. But hey, listen, before I get, we get into all that, there is other people involved um, to speak to and to bring some sense to this madness. Oh, I hope you've had a nice Christmas, everyone, by the way. Like, not forgetting that time of year. It's, uh, yeah, me- Merry Christmas, Spurs fans. <laughs> anyway. Joining us this evening, or today, whenever you're listening, of course, is Jamie B via the Daily Hotspur. Jamie, how you doing? Yeah, firstly, Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Um, yeah, and thank you for tuning in. Of course, a very, very difficult time to be supporting Spurs. And we uh, thank you for sticking with us for now. And hopefully, uh, yeah, we can do a show that will, um, yeah, hopefully review the game and maybe give you some sort of positivity to take away from it. That's what we always like to do. But um, I think it'll be very difficult tonight. Um, look, I've always been the man to come and, and defend Jose Mourinho, even when it was really difficult last uh, last season. I was defending him, but tonight, serious questions I think have to be asked after that performance. Um, again, it was not. We have not learned from mistakes. Um, I think one of the guys said it on the WhatsApp group that we're in. Um, we just haven't learned. We it was very similar to the Palace game, and it was just 
we were waiting for that. We, we scored the first goal and then we just sit back and we're waiting for it to happen. And we're so passive. We don't go and change the game. And it was very, very frustrating game this evening. So, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, quite a difficult game to kind of dissect. Very much so. Also joining us this evening from his, uh, from his pub, from his den, from his lair, it's Mr Anthony Costa. Evening, Anne. Evening, boys. Evening, everyone. Yeah, happy Christmas and all that. But um, just, just don't know where to start, mate. I'm just <laughs> gutted. I'm devastated. I'm peed off more than anything. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get get on with it and see see what we talk about. Oh, I think that big blowout of the cheeks uh, said it all there. And by the way, may I just caveat and clarify that when I said Ant joins us from his pub, that's. That's his pub in his garden and not yeah, like he has a garden. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's not got a pub open in tier four or anything. So, you know, don't don't go don't go at in the police, all right? He's on his own <laughs> social distancing. And finally, this evening, a uh, man who must have a blue book full of stats, which like ain't might can't be great reading. It's yeah, one and only Mr. Lee McQueen. <laughs> uh Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get a better 2021 than we've had over the last couple of weeks with 2020. What I would say is only 10 days ago, we were top of the league. So let's not get too mental about everything, right? I am as miffed off as everyone else on the pod and every, all the listeners. We've had over 107, 180 questions when we have a bad, bad result. And uh, I tell you now, from me anyway, and I'm sure everyone else would be, Jose is going to get it with two barrels tonight. However, what I would say is we was top of the league only 10 days ago and we are we are kind of getting away with it at the moment because we are we are fifth and two points, three points off of uh, off second place. But my God, woeful, absolutely woeful. And I'm sure we'll get into it, Crackers. Yeah, we certainly, certainly will. And uh, let me just uh, come back to a point you made there, Lee. As you said, over 180 questions and points of view so once again, the listeners have stepped up. Listeners of this show are fantastic, absolutely brilliant with their input. And we thank each and every one of you for sending them in. But if we got through all 180 points, then uh, we'd be here till Christmas Day 2021. So we've grouped some together. We'll get through as many as we can. Um, a lot of anger, to say the least, to say the least. But look, Let's start at the start because I'm sure we'll be critical, but it's no point criticising without trying to offer up some solutions as well. We could sit here for an hour and just moan and just uh, just go off on one, but where's that going to get us? So, you know, we'll try and offer up a little bit of something in, in there as well. So um, I'll start with you, Jamie, and the lineup this evening. Uh, Loris uh, in goal and Doherty, Sanchez, Dyer, Davis. Regulon, Hoiberg, Winkson, Dembele, Son and Kane. So, uh, no Toby, Sanchez come in and it looked like he'd gone with a little bit of a different formation. And I thought, oh, OK, we've got a couple of wing-backs attacking down the sides. We might just see something a little bit different here. And uh, did that line-up surprise you at all? Um, I, I think the I think the lineup in the way in which we set up with fullbacks and we set up with Davinson Sanchez playing, I think it was to combat their wingers. Obviously, we know their biggest threats, the likes of Pedro Neto um, and Daniel Pedense. They're obviously very good players. And of course, Adama Traoré, yes, of course, he doesn't contribute to many goals, but he's still a real threat for them. So um, I think we set up in a way to kind of nullify that. 
Um, there was also rotation um, in that team, of course, and Dombele back in the team and then Sun came. So look, there was, a, there was enough quality on the pitch there tonight, but I think it was kind of the way the tactics and the instructions that the players were given is what really let us down tonight. I think if you saw the way we started, started off so quickly and we went 1-0 up and you saw when we went and attack, the, the quality that we had, you know, Tongi and Dombele was absolutely sensational today. Um, and I'm sure we'll get onto him a bit more in detail later on. But, um, you know, as I said, there was there was quality in the first first opening few minutes. And that was so frustrating why we just went for one nil and then sat back because, you you know, throughout the game, you were just waiting for that goal to happen. And um, it was very, very, very difficult to watch that that 90 minutes. And um, yeah, uh, I think the ultimately we kind of really, really shot ourselves in the foot by setting up in that way. So very frustrating. Very much so. And I'll come to you. And like Jamie said, a great, great start uh, a la Man City. And uh, yeah, I thought, oh, here we go. I, I, we look like we're on the front foot. And but they just we don't seem to be able to do that kind of Jose football but also with a little bit more attacking. We've we done it against Liverpool. We've done it against City. Why yeah. can we not just see a whole game out like that? Can I know. We? I know. I just think it's, it's, it's ever since that West Ham game when we went 3-0 up in 20, 25 minutes and, you know, every, we're all cheering, everyone's gleaming, everyone's doing this. And the minute we went 1-0 up, I was like, great. I want to see another one. And then I want to see another one. I want to see expansive football. I want to see attacking football because obviously we started really, really strong. But then we just make silly, silly mistakes all the time. Players giving the ball away. Players not being in the right position. It's just silly, silly mistakes under Mourinho, under Poch, under AVB, under all these managers. We've always been the same Tottenham and always made stupid, bloody mistakes. And I, it just does my head in because everyone then looks at the manager, and rightly so, because as Lee said, you know, Mourinho's going to get it from, you know, from all barrels tonight. It's not wasn't good enough. The subs were wrong. The, the Some of the players, it goes to show that we haven't got the depth in our squad that we've been battering on about for the last five, six months. And that went, that showed tonight. I'm more gutted tonight than mm. I have been. Liverpool, all right, you know, would have been great to nick a draw. Again, it's that 80 minutes. It's the 45 minutes to the 55 minutes. And then it's 80 minutes to 90 minutes. We always seem to concede first 10 minutes of the second half or the first 10 minutes or the last 10 minutes of the second half. It's just, it's just ridiculous now. It's ridiculous and it needs to stop. Yeah, they, uh, they say that the definition of, of madness is doing the same things over and over and over again. Why don't they learn, Rich? Why haven't they learned, lads? It's just it's ridiculous. Know. Yeah, I really yeah. thought that I really thought the tide was turning, man. I really did. I'll uh, I'll bring Lee in at this point because he must have his blue book on the stats of our pass completion rate and looking at points that we've also dropped in those last ten minutes. That, that, you know, it makes terrible reading, Lee. God. I, honestly, I'm not enjoying my blue book tonight. I tell you, I've got listeners' questions coming in as well. Martin Dolan, um, at Martin Dolan 101, talks about our serial winner tactics are costing us points. 
Matt Martin at MJ uh, A Martin also says he's not digging out Wincy, but uh, Winksy, but was his pass completion now, uh, tonight? I've got some stats going on with Winksy, and uh, sorry, Harry, you're not going to like this, but uh, in 2020-2021 season, he's made six appearances in the Premier League. So it's not just tonight. This is in six appearances in the Premier League. He's got zero assists. His, um, his past match accuracy is 49%. He's created no big chances. He's what put one cross in. His crossing accuracy is at 0%. He's put zero through balls through. He's got zero assists. He's got goals with his left foot, right foot, headed goals, zero, because he ain't scored anything. Um, he, he hasn't even had a shot at all in, in the entire game of the Premier League. So, okay, maybe that's not his game. Let's go to his defence. Tackles, he's made six. And out of that tackles that he's made, he's only got a 67% uh, tackle success rate. He's, he ain't blocked any shots. He's only made one interception. Bearing in mind, this ain't tonight. This ain't tonight. This is in six Premier League appearances. Um, so I think that covers off Matt Martin and Martin's uh, uh, questions over on, on Twitter as well. Um, Habib at uh, Habib Hayats. Uh, says uh, one for the little blue book here. Um, it looks like that we've dropped uh, nine points in the last 10 minutes of uh, uh, of games in the Premier League. And I can confirm that, Habib, that it is absolutely correct. In the last 10 minutes of games, we have lost nine points. We've dropped nine points because of that. And that they are coming from Newcastle. They are coming from West Ham. They're coming from uh, Crystal Palace. They're coming from Wolves tonight. And quite frankly, it's not good enough. I, 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 the blue book is a wash of it tonight, Crackers. I've got to be honest with you. And I've got to go again. Again. So we are blunt. We are blunt since the Arsenal game. Everyone gives it large. Yeah, Arsenal, they're rubbish. We don't, I don't care about Arsenal. They're insignificant to me because we have got bigger and better things to go after. But we're blunt since we beat them 2 0. So last time we kept a clean sheet in the Premier League, for example, we've then gone on. Arsenal will score two goals. Uh, we'll score two goals against Antwerp, then one against Palace, one against Liverpool, zero goals against Leicester, which is the first time we've had a shot out since, since Everton. Um, Stoke, yes, okay, championship side, we'll score three goals, Wolves score one goal. Uh, so in the last uh, seven games, scored 10 goals. That is 1.42 goals per game. Way down. Shall I tell you what the stat is? Blue Book going ferociously tonight here, Crackers. Shall I tell you what else happened? 37 goals in the previous go, go. games before. 37 goals we scored, yeah, including the Southampton, wow. including the Man United, Maccabee Haifa, whatever. That's 2.58 goals per game. We're now within 1.42. So anybody's this, I've defended Jose to the hill, and I still will. I'm not telling, I'm not saying sack him, I'm not saying any of that stuff. People have a head wobble. But what, what you said about the, the great da uh, Danny Blanchflower, you get nothing for defending and sitting back and losing a football match or, or, or conceding late on. You get nothing for that. Go and have a go. We've got the attacking players on there. No clean sheet in five games. This Lee, don't it go, Lee, don't it go to show that we always rely on the same two players all the time? We have no other... Apart from Ndombele tonight, all right. But you're saying about Winks. I'm sorry to call him out. But every time he's played, he doesn't do anything. Like, what does he do? What does he physically do? Does he take that game by the scruff of his neck. He's an England international now. He's 24, 25 years old. Enough enough of the sentiments, mate. You no, ain't good enough to wear this shirt. It's, it's true, not, isn't it? It's not even tonight. It's, you know, it's, it's on the Premier League. Exactly, matches. but you know. When, when you look at the match stats tonight, 
54% possession, six shots on target, 11 shots in total, 733 touches, 528 passes, 21 tackles. You know what I'm talking about here, right? I ain't talking about Tottenham. I'm talking about Wolves. We had no shots on target after 21st minute in a football match oh, that we went one nil up in uh, after 57 seconds. I'm sorry, not good enough. And Jose couldn't say anything in his post-match conference, uh, post-match um, presser, because it's on him. It is on him. If the players are knackered, it's on him because he picked the wrong ones. If it's uh, if they didn't go and attack, it's on him. He spent about 50 minutes talking to Berger on the sideline to get him to defend. I mean, what the hell? Come on and go and attack. We play three at the back with wing backs tonight. What, how many crosses do you think we put in a box? How many? Maybe come to me after the break because I've given you so many stats. It, it, it's absolutely uh, ridiculous. When, I, 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 I agree to think. It all, we had two corners the whole match. That shows you how attacking we were. Woeful. So bad. So bad. Jamie, I'll, I'll come. I'll come to you with some of those uh, brilliant stats. By the way, Lee, Not, even if they don't make for good listening and good reading, they're, they're there. And the stats, they they just don't lie. And like you were saying, with the goals dropping off, it's coincided with both Son and Kane that give everything for this team. And like, and, but they are they're, they're knackered. They're knackered. They're tired. They are knackered. And. Uh, at Park Lane, yeah, at Gavin Spurs, at Cornwall A, have all made a similar point. Thanks for sending that in, guys, by the way. Just saying Kane is not at the races. So he's got to have a rest, doesn't he? We are literally carrying him at the moment, you know, but he gives so much. That's why. Yeah, look, it's, it's not the thing is, it's not Harry Kane's fault that he's knackered. I think that he does need a rest and it, it takes for a moment of, to, uh, from the manager to be brave and take them, take that opportunity to rest him. Um, I mean, I saw Bergman come on today and obviously he was rested against Stoke and he looked full of energy, but obviously not, not quite the quality, but it shows it just, they just need a rest. Um, you know, what was the point of Harry Kane being on the pitch? He might as well have been rested tonight because he just it just was not. He was so tired. He was so fatigued. He wasn't able to get into the game. So we might as well have rested him. It just needs that manager to be brave because I'd rather that he missed maybe one or two, a game or so because he's been rested rather than you know five or six because he's absolutely f- fatigued or he's maybe picked up an injury because he's had to play so many games. So I think it does take that for the manager. He needs to kind of look somewhere elsewhere and find an alternative plan to give Harry Kane a chance to rest because at the moment, Harry Kane is offering us nothing. But again, I've, I need to stress the point. You can't blame him because he, he is just very, he's tired, he's fatigued. He's played so much football. So you have to expect that. So yeah, it's, it, and it is just so frustrating how heavily reliant we are on those two at the moment. Um, you just look at the rest of the team. I mean, you could, you know, you could blame the personnel. Um, I think you can, but there's also the lack of a, another an alternative plan, and that that for me is another frustrating thing. So I think the blame lies on other players not stepping up and and Jose Mourinho not being able to find another way to get goals. Um, and and certainly when we're sitting deep like that, it's not benefiting a tired son. It's not benefiting a tired Kane, and and it's just not working at the moment. No, absolutely. Yeah, spot on. But they're tired. Sorry, Crackers. And listeners as well, because all your questions are coming in. They're tired because we don't have the football. Like This is Mm. is not rocket science here. The the game is harder without the football. 
right? End of story. I want a coach and somebody to come and tell me that I'm wrong because I've never played professional football. But what I know that I've watching it, the amount of times that I have and analysing what, what I do, the game is harder without the football. So, so we're going into games without the football and constantly being knackered either physically or mentally because we haven't got the football. And Kane and Son, like the, the point you just made, Jamie, they're knackered. You can see it a mile off. Where is Vinicius in a nine-man bench? Where is he? Like everybody's yeah. telling me there ain't a backup striker. He is a striker. Well, where is he then? He's not even on the bench in a nine-man bench. We've got Deli Alley. He's got trainers on in a box, and he's named on the bench. He ain't got a kit on. The fellow hasn't even got a kit on. It's a freaking shambles, Tottenham. Look what are you doing? The substitutions yeah. for me were definitely an issue as well because when we're chasing the game and we're making substitutions that are almost defensive, like you're bringing on Musa Sissoko, there's just no kind of... There was really no plan to go forward. I mean, Bergwijn, as we said, he just looked kind of as if he was there to defend. So the, the substitutions as well is, is another big issue for me and it was just... It was very, very negative and very frustrating. Well, talking of the substitution and the, the fatigue... Um, and I'll, I'll come to you with this. At uh, Pete Moses and at Real Muscle Talk, they've both pointed out, why is Dembele now not fit enough for 90 minutes? Oh, and oh. it's every game, oh, no. 65, 66 minutes. And he was the only one offering Best us now. So why, why is he getting rested? Now, do you think that he's still not fit enough or do you think this is a tactic from Jose just to keep bringing him off? You know, he's been in, in, you know, two seasons now. And if he ain't fit enough, then I might as well be a professional footballer. Jamie, I'll, I'll come to you on the same point with with Undembele. And do, do you now think that this is a, a fitness issue or a tactics from the manager issue? It, it can't be fitness, can it? It just can't be. It's not fitness, it's the manager doesn't trust him. And it's abs- it's utterly bizarre. I that was one thing that really frustrated me tonight. And that was kind of the moment where I almost gave up on the match. I thought Ndombele was absolutely sensational tonight. I thought he was completely on a different level. He was the only player that was looking to get us out of, of situations of trying to transition the ball into attack. And we just took that away and we brought on Musa Sissoko, who you know what he's coming on to do. He's coming on to defend, to work hard. He's not going to carry the ball forward. It was just such a negative substitution. It was a substitution. It was just taking off a guy who was actually looking to do something. And as we said, we kept a guy like Harry Winks on the pitch who just wasn't doing enough. And he's just, again, he's in there to defend. And it was all so negative. I mean, we needed that second goal. It was so obvious. I mean, any Spurs fan could have seen that 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 equaliser was coming. And again, we've said it on previous shows. It's so passive. We We need to be more reactive to the situation. We can see it's not working. We can see the goals coming. But, you know, we just kind of sit there and we hope that, that we hope that, that what we're doing is going to work. And it just hasn't. We've seen it happen against Palace. We've seen it happen against Liverpool, where we've kept trying to do the same thing and it didn't work. Um, and uh, the same against Leicester. Um, so that that's, you know, I really, really hope that Jose Mourinho starts to realise that he can't just sit and defend a one goal lead because it's just not working. And I really, really hope that he, he tries to look for a way to change it. And again, it's trying to find that plan B because at the moment, it's just, we don't have that, I suppose. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people. 
enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. What is our best formation? It's like, given, given the personnel that we've got, it's just so hard to work out. Lee, I'll, I'll come to you. And I mean, this, is, this might be a bit of an impossible question is, will, will Jose change? Will he, is he going to realise? Uh, I mean, we know Jose, he's so Jose, I'm right. But I just fear he, he, he'll just, he'll plough on regardless. I think that's what's, what's everybody's fear. And he does, it just seems so ingrained into Spurs fans' DNA of being um, entertaining and attacking. I mean, um, Pochettino got so much slack cutting because we, we was offering up something that we could cling on to, even if it didn't get us any results. People clung on to it because they was in a in a roundabout way being entertained. I just don't know. Do you I think he'll change? Well, the first question is uh, two questions there. The first one is no. Right, simple as that. He ain't going to change. The geezer's won everything and three, four times over. He ain't changing. No, no chance. He's not going to change. His methods work and they win. And he's set up tonight like, and we've said this off air, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up now because it's a perfect opportunity to say it. He's set up as if we're playing cup football. You know, at the end of the day, if that's in the Europa League away tie tonight against, you know, you know, Wolves or Wolfsburg or whatever, it's a brilliant result. 1-1, we've got an away goal, we bring them back to lane, we turn them over. That, that you know, that's his, the mentality is, you know, we go to the Carabao Cup semi-final at home at Brentford, we'll probably turn them over, get into a cup final. You know, it's a one-off game, we we, we hopefully we win that game, he, he don't care if we win it on penalties. The reality is we, we pick up a cup. You know, and that, that's how we're pr- approaching that game. No one on the planet watching that football match tonight, other than Jose. And that's even he was dumbfounded in his post-match presser. He could he couldn't say really too much. There was no Delhi to dig out, was there? So he, he couldn't really say anything. No one can tell me that, that watching that game tonight that we did anything positive to go and win that football match. We didn't. And that you know, it's not about style, right? For, it's not about style. How many counterattacks did we have today? Right, we're a counter-attacking team. We've got Bale, we weren't even on the bench tonight. We've got Bale, we've got Son, we've got Kane, we've got Undumbello, we've got Pace. We've got Regulon, who's got Pace to burn. Right, we've got Pace in that side to a counter-attack. We've got incisive passing. We soak the pressure up, soak the pressure up in the counter-attack. How many counter-attacks do we have, lads? One. We had one counter-attack. One. In the one, whole match. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, one. No, we had one. No, I'm telling you, it's facts. We had one counter-attack. And that one counter-attack was when Undumbele... Unfortunately, and I think he was a good player tonight on the pitch, he chose the wrong pass. He passes to Regulan. If he passes to Kane, it's 2-0 and it's game over. Game over at 2-0 at that point. Wolves don't come back from that. But, what, but it's what I'm saying. Let, sorry, if I say No, no. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. So, you know, the, the second part of your question, you talk about the, you know, the first part. The, the second part of your question is, you know, you know the way he's setting up and the way what we're, what we're doing and whatever. We all knew... All of us, every single listener listening to me waffle on right now, knew that that equaliser was coming. Every single Spurs fan knew that that equaliser was coming. So one, my question back to the pod and the listeners is, or to Ponder, is did the players know it was coming? Because we all did. And two, did Jose? 
that's the biggest worry for me. Why would you bring on them substitutions if you knew that that equaliser was coming? You can see in so much possession with zero um, incisive passing going forward. Surely you need to bring on attacking players to actually make that attack happen. So you bring on Bergvine and then uh, oh, Bergie. Sorry, I can't pronounce his name properly. Sorry, Stephen. Um, Bergie and, and what? He just def- he just defends it. He didn't affect the game at all. They, they didn't affect that game whatsoever. I've just read out Winks's stats uh, uh, earlier before. No passes, no this, no that. I mean, what is the you know what is the point? And then you bring on Sissoko with a bit of energy. But you know, we saw Arsenal yesterday against Chelsea, and they, they were forced into massive change. They brought a load of youngsters on, loads of energy, and they and they won the game. You know, and it, because because of just run, just because of a bit of energy and a bit of front foot. I'm just, I'm dumbfounded. I don't think I'll answer your second question properly, Crackers, to be fair. But, you know, Jose won't change because that's the way Jose is. I'm not, I'm not saying that we need to get rid of him. I'm not, I'm not having a go at his style of football. What I'm having a go at tonight, just so everybody's clear that is listening to me, is one counter-attack. That's what I'm having a go at. If we're in a counter-attacking team, we were woeful tonight. I don't mind soaking the pressure. I don't mind not having possession. The potch uh, point that you made was the second point. I'm not having that either. I, I, I was I was there at Brighton, right? When when we had to get a 92nd minute winner from Christian Eriksen, and we were woeful against Brighton. Well, and that was under Potch. You know, Sheffield United, we were woeful under Potch. So you know, Potch got a free reign because he got 60% possession or whatever. And I love Pochettino, but the reality is to tonight. And we're only going on tonight, per se. The way we set up should have been a counter-attacking masterclass. We went 1-0 up on 57 seconds. We should have said, right, Wolves, you've got to come at us now. Bang, spacing behind, counter-attacking, fast-paced, like we did against Southampton, right? Like we did against uh, Manchester United. None of it. That's Mourinho. That is on the players and Mourinho. That is, what are they doing? And if they're tired... If they're knackered like what we're saying they are, then that's also on Mourinho because he's playing Kane and Son way too much. Where's Vinicius? Where's Bale again? Where's Delhi sitting in the stands with trainers on? I mean, these are attacking footballers that could come and make a difference to the team, right? I think this is the big frustration about um, whatever you think about Deli Ali, isolating him out the team when you need options. You know, you don't want to isolate a player like that. I thought he did well. Uh, obviously, he got the man of the match award from the supporters against Stoke. So the fact that he is kind of um, fr- fr- freezing him out the team when we really need him at the moment, we need that attacking option. So that's something, again, that, that definitely is frustrating at the moment, the way he's freezing out Ali. Jamie, I'll uh, come to you again. And uh, at JC101JC, I said, uh, people won't take this football when it doesn't get results. When will Jose realise the personnel doesn't suit what he wants to do? And this is a point I made earlier um, on on WhatsApp. And I said, but he's trying to make safety boots, but with ballet shoe silk at the moment. So, I mean, who who has to go and who has to to come in to suit what he wants to do? Because he's falling between two stalls at the moment, really, isn't he? Yeah, um, again, for me, look, we've seen it work before. So it's shown signs that it can work. We've obviously had fantastic performance against Man City, against Arsenal. So this football can work. It just shows you that 
there are certain games and there will be different circumstances where it needs to change and something alternative needs to happen because at the moment we've got one tactic which is to get that early goal and sit back and there's no change in the way that we're doing it so that that's something that definitely needs to change um again i mean in fairness he has only been here one year he's had what has he had uh two transfer windows now so he's still going to need time to bring in personnel when he is playing in such a you know obviously we're you know very tactically we've got to be very tactically switched on in these sort of situations so he's going to need the right personnel so in a way yes he's obviously going to need a couple of chance of windows to get in the players that he wants but the big thing is that spurs fans i'm not quite sure will accept this style of football and it will be very difficult for him to get that time and that acceptance if we keep playing like this and we're not delivering results you know spurs fans i think as many many spurs fans they expect attractive football so it's going to be very difficult for him to kind of have that time um because i think that supporters are going to start demanding that we play either play a attractive football and maybe we don't get all that we don't get the results that we always hope for or we play the way he is and we've got to get the results and at the moment we're not getting those results so um he's got to try and look for that plan b i think that's the big thing for me it's trying to find a different way of playing because at the moment it's just the same way and coming to you any ideas at all on what this plan b could be because uh, as as he as he got one where where would you go with a plan B to try and improve this? Because plan A is um, not working at the moment, nah, is it? Not at all. I think we got January transfer window coming up. I mean, I'm, I just you know I just hear things who we're linked with, who we're not linked with. Um, so bits is getting touted about a lot, um, and we need someone with a bit of energy to come in to to. Give us something different. We need a midfielder to score, you know, to score 10, 15 goals a season. All right, and Dombele scored tonight, fantastic. But it's, it doesn't score enough, if you know, when he does play. So we need to stop relying on Son and Kane and either bring in another striker because Vinicius, I don't know what's going on now. I mean, I'm assuming he got a knock in training. I don't know. I mean, you know, his feet or his... his made of glass. It's just everyone seems to be getting knocks left, right, centre. Get in another striker and get in an attacking midfielder. Someone to, to go between the lines, mate. Because I think when we've got Hoiberg, Sissoko, it's just so, so defensive and it's very, very sideways. And I love Hoiberg. Don't, don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not dissing the bloke, but we need someone different or, or even someone to, to come in and, and change it up when, when we need to. You know, if Ali's not putting any trees up and Marino don't fancy him, then he has to go out on loan or see what happens because he's obviously not he's not in his plans. As, as Lee said, he was sitting in a box tonight with his, you know, night trainers on and his socks and his, and his tracksuit. Oh, you might as well have just gone home. Hmm. There's no plan Bs. The plan B tonight, it didn't work again. You bring your bird wine on, don't pull up any trees again. You know, yeah, you like, you know, the Liverpool thing, you know, cut the chances, he never took, you know, took it, didn't happen for him. The confidence is maybe his confidence is low. But I think I or you bring some youngsters through. Yeah, it's it's good points. It's really same. hard to say. It's really, really hard because when we start the second half, that 45 to 55 minutes, I mean, quite me if I'm wrongly, but we seem to concede then. And then 80 to 90 minutes, we seem to concede as as, as you well know. Eight minutes, I got up and started walking around 
in my ass because I knew there were, I knew what was going to happen. Just switch off. And it's not the Mourinho era. It's happened, as I said, in all the managers we've had. We we just always have that in us to switch off. A player makes a mistake, he switches off. Someone has their debut against us, they score. You know, a manager hasn't won for 10 years. They win their first game against Spurs. It's just, it's just always, always happens with us. And it's so frustrating now. And, I, and as I said, I thought the tide was turning. And I hope I'm wrong. Lee, same point to you with that, this plan B. And uh, is there one? What would your plan B be? <laughs> well, I think you, we, we assembled a squad in the summer with seven new signings. Most Spurs fans that I talk to, uh, including myself, obviously all of you guys, very, very happy with a window. Um, forget what's gone on so far. Um, I think Hoiberg has been absolutely outstanding other than the Everton game. Um, and he cost 15 million. Is exactly what we were crying out for. Regular and fantastic. Bale, what a signing. I mean, there wasn't a Spurs fan on the planet weren't excited about that happening. Um, so, you know, I think we've done some really, really good business and we've got a really good squad um, to be able to, you know, mix it up. We've got, you know, world-class midfielder in Deli Alley uh, or super-class midfielder. I say world-class, but, you know, he's superstar midfielder. We've got Berge, who's who scores big goals. He scored already against United in the uh, in the um, uh, in the restart. He scored City last year um, on his debut, I think it was, wasn't it, on his debut or certainly his second game, whatever it was. Um, fantastic big goals that he scored. Um, you know, we've got Lucas, who scored a Champions League hat-trick um, in the semi-final. We've got Kane and Son, who are world-class. Bowles, world-class. World-class winning captain. I mean, I go through everything. We, we all know this stuff. So, you know, I think, you know, I think to, to, to have a go at a squad and whatever is, is, a, is a little bit harsh. I think we could probably do with, with some strengthening, like we, we could, always can. Um, I think the tactics, the plan B should be that we should be, we should be looking at a, a slightly different option. You know, our plan B with Poch, um, and I'll go back to Poch, just bear with me. Um, our plan B with Poch was, you know, if it weren't going right, we'd just sling on Lorente and see what happens, which weren't really a plan B either, was it? You know, sometimes it worked. But Jose's not even doing that. He's not even putting on a Vinicius. Now, against West Brom, he'd done it, and we, we won the game 1-0, and Vinicius made a massive impact in that game. He's not even on the bench. Like, what is going on? Has he got COVID? I'm hearing rumours on on social media that he might have a COVID situation. I don't know. But, you know, what, what whatever's going on there is not right. We're not utilising or using the squad. You know, with the greatest of respect, not to Wolves, because I really like Wolves. My dad's a massive Wolves fan, as, as all listeners and you guys will know now. So I've gotten a bit of an affiliation with Wolves, and I like them. I think they're a really good side. But, you know, going up against Fulham, who are in the bottom three, and, and, a, and a promoted team in our, our next game, you do not need to play Son and Kane. Don't, don't do it. Don't play Son and Kane. Use the squad that you've assembled, that, that Levy's allowed you and, and backed you to assemble to make sure that we can go and turn them out. Now, what I will say, my glass is always half full and I cannot do a pod for an hour, right? An hour and a half moaning the whole time, right? And I absolutely lay the blame for that draw today on Jose Marino, 100% Jose. I wish, I wish you'd listen. I know you don't, but I wish you'd listen because that was on you. Please go and rectify it like the champion you are, because I think you will rectify it and, and, and win. What I will say this, Crackers and listeners, is this. As we stand right now, we are fifth in the Premier League. We are fifth. Now, if you said to any of us Spurs fans after the shit show that we had in the last 12 months, 14 months, that we'd be sitting here fifth, right? Three points off a second place in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup, going to kick off the FA Cup and in the Europa League latter stages, 
everyone would have bitten your hand off, right? Everyone would, and the reason why they'd have bitten your hand off, crackers, is they'd have gone, we just need to get back in the top four. Well, we're right in the top four, right in the mix in the top four, right? So we're fifth at the moment. We've got the fourth highest goals in the entire Premier League so far, right? We're fourth in, in terms of goals scored. Right, so we've just been battering Spurs today, and rightly so, but we're fourth in the goal scored. We've got the third best defensive uh, record in the Premier League out of everyone else. And I'm talking City, Liverpool, whatever. We've got the best, third best defensive record as well. And we've only lost three games in 15 Premier League matches. We've only lost three. And that is as good as or um, better than 16 other teams in the Premier League. So again, City, Liverpool, United and Spurs are the only teams that have lost three or less in the Premier League. Now, that is all pointing to me as a, as a stats person, as a fan, as somebody, as an individual, that is all pointing to me as a pretty good season so far and somewhere that we will probably end up being there or thereabouts in the top three or the top four with some good cut runs. So let's just let's just put some balance on the pod, right? On on, on how we're feeling because it's very emotive. What we decided to do uh, before Ricky went off and had his uh, had his baby son, but what we decided to do started to u- use these pods and record them straight after the match, right? Because it gives you that emotive, it gives you that emotion, and we wanted to show that to the fa- uh, to the listeners and whatever, and the hundred eighty listeners questions and whatever. But actually, when you when you start to analyze it, when you start to look at what that looks like. It wasn't acceptable tonight, but in the grand scheme of things, and this is not Jose getting into my head, but in the grand scheme of things, fourth highest goals in the Premier League, third best defensive record in the Premier League, only bettered uh, by City, Liverpool, United and Spurs, and only four teams that have lost three goals or uh, three games or less. That's top four, that's top four quality. Um, you know, we've scored a lot of goals. We've dropped off recently. We're going for a blip. Liverpool have had their blip. Everton were top of the league. They had their blip. They lost four on the bounce. Now they're second again. So the late the league is crazy. And people calling me out on Twitter about the crazy train. This is why I called it the crazy train. Does everybody understand it? It's not because I'm just some sort of waffling nutter. It's because it's crazy. It's always going to be a crazy season. Ups and downs, roller coasters, up and down on the track. It's crazy. And Everton now sits second in the Premier League three points behind the leaders. Yet, when they led the Premier League, everyone's like, yeah, Everton, they're great. Then they dropped off. Everyone's like, yeah, Everton's rubbish. Now they're back up there again. It only takes two or three wins on the bounce. We beat Leeds. We beat Foot, sorry, beat Fulham, beat Leeds. We're back up there in the mixer. So let's just keep some balance on it. And I have to be positive because that's just my nature. But look, like I said before, and underlining the fact, right, there isn't a plan B. It doesn't feel like there's a plan B. And tonight we needed a plan B. I don't care if we're hoofing it up there. The thing that I'm so frustrated about crackers tonight is we are set up and, and bought players to set up as a counter-attacking football team. And we had one counter-attack tonight. One. It's not good enough. No, deal no, with it no, underline it no. go and put it right in the next game against Fulham go smash them I don't care if you have 20% possession or 80% possession go and attack some teams and, and create chances and score goals that's what we want to see as a, as a little counterbalance to what you said though Lee because I'm sure there'll be listeners screaming at their devices quite a lot of those stats are propped up by the early season and our current direction that we seem to be heading in will suggest 
but those sorts of stats are not going to sort of hang up there for for too for too long. That's that seems to be the worry at the moment. It's the early season. You're right, but as much as we're just a couple of points off the top four, we're also really just a couple of points away from from mid table as well. If we don't pick things back up, but um, so yeah, it's just a just a little counterbalance point. No, I agree. That. It's but, relentless, isn't it, Crackers? It's relentless. Yes, yeah, Premier it's, League. It's a crazy. It it's, it's the hardest league in the world, and I and I agree with that. But again, it's just it's just it's some some balance there. Everybody is very very annoyed and frustrated with tonight, and rightly so. But you know, put some context around it. If we go, it's a big if. But if we go and put a couple of wins together, we're still right in the mixer. We we've got away with it with other results. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you and uh, let, let me ask you, is there anybody in this squad, a senior player, that's going to go and knock on Jose's door and say, boss, this isn't working and we need to, we need to change something? Maybe even one of his coaching staff, maybe Ledley or somebody like that. And if they do... Do you think Jose would actually listen? Um, look, I, I, I can't see one of the players doing it. I think maybe it would have to come from one of his assistant coaches. Now, Joao Sacramento is a guy who I rate very highly. I think he's a fantastic tactical analysis. Um, and he needs to be looking at that performance tonight and realising, you know, the stats that Lee, that Lee read out, um, you know, one counter-attack in the whole game for a side that's meant to be a counter-attack inside to produce that we need to be looking at a different way of, of, of approaching games because it's just not working at the moment. So um, I, I can't see um, I can't see it coming from one of the players. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and whether Jose Mourinho, I, I can't see Jose Mourinho going and listening to one of the players. I think it's going to have to come from someone in his coaching staff or even just himself to realise that what we're doing right now just is not working and it needs to find a different approach um, because we can't just keep sitting back and... Um, you know, we're sitting there, hopefully, you know, are we going to go and respond against Fulham and Leeds? But, you know, so far we keep saying this week after week and we're not changing at the moment. So, um, yeah, something really, really drastic has to change because at the moment it's just not working for Spurs. Well, before we go to the break, on behalf of maybe 100, 120 people on Twitter who, as I said, sent in questions and points. And again, I thank you for them. Jose, you're the man that's paid two, three, four million pounds a year, whatever it is, and you're going to have to fix this up because the goodwill is is running out at the moment because people are, people are really not going to give you any goodwill playing that type of football. So something's desperately going to have to change in the next couple of games. Um, as I said, we're going to take a break. Just before we do... Uh, a couple of little bits of housekeeping for you. I'm sure I speak on behalf of everybody on the pod. Uh, when we saw uh, Raul Jimenez uh, just before half time uh, in one of the boxes back at Molyneux watching the game with an absolutely awful, awful scar right across the side of his head from, from, from these operations. So from everybody at last word on Spurs, and I'm sure all Spurs fans wishing you a full uh, recovery from that and uh, it's good to see him back just even being about and around the ground so that was that was fantastic to see and uh, one last piece before we go to the break 
just once again, a big, big thank you to everybody that sent in birthday cards and presents to our dear friend Ron in the uh, in the care home with the appeal we put out. He had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of uh, cards and gifts sent in to him. Uh, so us at last, at last Word on Spurs are currently trying to speak to the um, care home to get some pictures that we can put out on the socials of all the cards that he got. But uh, as always, Spurs fans stepping up, Last Word on Spurs fans stepping up and uh, delivering the goods and making Ron a very happy man. So that's that's brilliant. A little, little bit of heartwarming after all that 30, 40 minutes of uh, sheer despair that we've, we've brought you. So coming up in the second half, we'll be looking ahead or looking at, I don't know if we want to look ahead at anything at the moment. We'll be looking at the Fulham game. So don't go anywhere and we'll be back to preview Tottenham versus Fulham. Overall, what do you think of the performance? I think it was a solid performance by the defensive point of view uh, to play against Wolves. And uh, I don't remember Hugo made, making a, an important save means a lot. But when you score in the first minute, you have 89 minutes to score more goals. And we didn't, and we were not even very close to, to score more goals. This is one of the first times I've seen you frustrated. I would like the players to tell you what I told at halftime. I'd like them to tell you. OK, we're Matt uh, Pitchside here at Molyneux. And, and Matt, I mean, it's always a good point. As you well know, it's always a good point here. But, I mean, we, we led the game for eight, 85 minutes. I think that's the frustration, isn't it? Yeah, it's always right. tough to take, really, when you concede that late in the game. Um, look, I know we were under pressure for, for a lot of the game and, and they were knocking it around. But, um, look, we've, we've seen 85 minutes, so you, you think we can get through the last five. That wasn't the case, and it's a bit disappointing. Good performance, so I mean, especially first half. I mean, we looked bright, didn't we? Yeah, first half we, we started really well. Um, first 20, 25 minutes controlling the game, um, and then obviously they had their period, which is expected to. And, and we've seen it out. We've seen it for half time, and, and we regrouped. Um, but second half, we just couldn't really, couldn't really get anything, get anything going. And um, yeah, and obviously they, they kind of nicked the point at the end. I guess we can we take some positives from this in, in full of that. Yeah, of course. Look, listen. We came out of the traps flying, um, and that's what we've got to do in, in the next game. So um, if we can just we can just get something going maybe in the second half and then try and create a few more chances. Um, obviously, you don't you don't want to concede like that either. So we're very disappointed. Yeah. How was it you coming back coming back here then? Uh, it was fine. Like I seen a few of the lads before the game and um, just just after the game, but um, it's a bit different. No fans. Kind of just feels like. Uh, you're, you're getting changed in like a boardroom. It's the same as it's the same as every stadium now with the with the change rooms the way they are. Um, so yeah, look, kind of just was fine. Didn't really feel anything towards it. And Fulham, I guess they've got a win. Yeah, look, we we, we wanted to win tonight. Um, but like obviously we're trying to go into the next two games. You feel like they, we have to win the game to to keep the pressure on the top. Hi, this is Russ Gomel, host of Cottage Talk, and I'm recording this for Last Word on Spurs. And I'm recording this right after the fall match, the nil-nil draw against Southampton. And it's honestly a result that I'm very happy with. Fulham continue to find ways to get points. And uh, it's a, a match that Fulham actually really just deserved the point. They're playing the top teams, and I'll put Southampton in that category. Very tough. And... There were not that many opportunities for Fulham in this match, and they limited the opportunities 
for Southampton. They made Southampton really work for their opportunities. They did create a few, and there was actually some good VAR news for Fulham as they got some calls that actually went their way for a change. So I do want to say that. But in the end, Fulham got another point, and that's a very good sign for Fulham Football Club. So as we look ahead to the match against Spurs, it's going to be a very difficult match as I have a lot of respect for Spurs. I just want to say that. So let's start with what I think Fulham are going to do for their starting 11. And I'm actually going to go with the starting 11 as this. I'm going to go with Ariola as your goalkeeper. I'm going to go with a back three of Ana, Adrobayo, and Joachim Anderson. I'm going to go with wingbacks as on the right I'm going to have Bobby Decadovery. On the left, I'm going to go with Anthony Robinson. And then I'm going to go with three in the middle. This is going to be different than what Scott Parker went with today. I'm going to go with Andre Frank and Gisa, Myro Lamina, and I'm going to go with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And then up front, I'm going to go with Adam Luckman. And then I'm also going to go with Cavalero. I don't think he's going to start Mitrovic because I think he's going to want to play again on the counter and he's going to want pacey players up front. So that's why I think he's going to go with Cavalero. In regards to my thoughts on the match, again, a lot of respect for Spurs. I, I think that they're one of the best teams in the league. And I have a lot of respect for Harry Kane, top player along with, with Son, who's playing fantastic, and this is going to be a, a difficult ask. But as I've watched Fulham, I've seen a remarkable improvement from the team that you have seen two seasons ago. This is not the same team. In fact, it's not the same team from the beginning of the season. Again, you just have to look at the defense. Fulham's downfall so far this season has been actually scoring goals in creating their opportunities into goals. So that's been a problem for them. Defense, they've come a long way, and that's why I think this is going to be a tight match. I don't think it's going to be an easy victory for Spurs. I think they're going to find that out, that the former not that same team, not a pushover. They're not going to be a pushover for Spurs. Just want to say that. So when I look at the match, I think, again, that I'm going to go for a draw again. Uh, I think Fulmer going to continue to draw matches, and I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. And uh, I'm actually going to say that a player that's going to score a goal is going to be Adam Luckman. If Fulham somehow get ahead in this match, if you look at their history, they're a difficult team to beat. You might get a draw on them, but if Fulham get the first goal, I think Fulham have a good shot to get a point out of this match. So I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. And uh, But I, I know it's not going to be an easy match. I think Fulham are going to play on the counter and look for their opportunities. There might not be many, but I think that they will create a few opportunities to get that goal. And they're going to keep it tight. And they're going to frustrate Spurs. So that's what I think is going to happen in this match. Okay, so and I also want just want to mention best of luck to Spurs fans around the world. And let's see what happens. But I'm going with a 1-1 draw. Hi, guys. It's Will from Fulham Focus. I'm going to be looking at the probable formation tactics and how the game could uh, end up being from kind of a Fulham's perspective. So starting off with the formation, recently we've gone to a five-back, especially against 
the better teams. Obviously, Tottenham are very much up there in the table and have a very dangerous attack. So I would definitely predict that we stick with the five back. Ariola has been playing in goal for us. He's been exceptional. He's on loan from PSG. Uh, he's a top, top keeper. And apparently PSG do want to offload him. Not sure if he wants to come to us because I really do think he's one of the best keepers in the league. Uh, at full-backs at the moment, kind of playing as wing-backs, have been Anthony Robinson, who he signed from Wigan, and Bobby Reed, who's kind of had like a recent uh, position change. You know, he's, he's 28 now, but he seems to be thriving in a wing-back position. He's kind of come down from striker to wing-back, which is a bit of a change, but he's been brilliant, him and Robinson pushing forward and also dropping back. Then the three centre-backs have been Adarabayo, Anderson and Aina, who are all three new signings, two of them on loan, Adarabayo permanent, and those three have been exceptional recently. Then uh, midfield two is Anguissa will most likely be in there as long as he doesn't get injured. He's been our player of the season, in my opinion. He's been absolutely exceptional, and I think he'd get in pretty much every single Premier League side. I mean, you guys can obviously judge him when we, we play you, but he's been brilliant. He's been absolutely amazing. And next to him, it will either be probably Lamina or Harrison Reed. So uh, both got them from Southampton. Harrison Reed permanent, and he played last game against Southampton. Lamina was ineligible uh, last game because he's on loan from Southampton. But he's been, he started to get a bit better for us. And him and Anguissa have been playing quite well in kind of a double pivot CDM role. And then on the ball, we tend to go to kind of uh, two wingers and one striker. Uh, I would imagine it will be Lookman and probably RL uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, RLC, out wide. But it could be Cavalero. And I think Mitro might start up front. He got dropped from the squad last game. But fans really do want him back, back up there. Because, you know, he's our main man. He scored 26 goals for us in the championship last season. He's just an out-and-out goal scorer, and that's kind of what we've been missing. Uh, he's been out of favour recently because we started to play counter-attack football. Obviously, he's not the fastest player, but I do think he could come back into the side with maybe Lookman and Ruben Loftus-Cheek either side. I think Lookman definitely It could also be uh, Cavalero, and if Tete's fit, it could be Bobby Reid at right wing and then Tete at right wing back, but I doubt if he's going to be thrown straight into the squad. So yeah, like I say, we're likely to go five back and then when we're attacking either a three back or a four back, depending if both wing backs push forward or only if one does. Uh, tactic wise, we'll probably sit off the ball quite a bit. I would imagine you guys will have a fair bit of possession, which I know under Jose Mourinho isn't his speciality. He does like to play the counter attack, especially against teams like Liverpool. He likes to sit back and that's what we've started doing. So I think it'll be quite interesting. Possession-wise, I'd say it'll probably be quite close as we both play sit-back football. We're, nothing wrong with it at all. I really credit how you guys have done it and how we've started to do it. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Um, Shots-wise, I would imagine you guys will probably have more shots than us. Um, whereas Fulham, we haven't created enough chances recently. But I feel like we just need to be a bit more clinical because there have been some games where we've had enough shots to win the game. Even if it's only three clear chances, we might only take one of them. 
and that's been our issue recently. And that's why we, some fans are calling for Mitrovic to be back in the team because he's that person who's going to take those chances. He's just so crucial to to the attack. Or even if he doesn't suit the system as well as players like Cavalero might, Mitrovic is still a much better striker than Cavalero, and I I really think he should be back in there. Score prediction will be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be actually quite a close game. And uh, I know you guys might not like to hear this, but I really, really think that we can get a draw. So I'm going to say 1-1. Probably Harry Kane and Lookman with the goals. And yeah, good luck. All the best for the rest of the season. Hello, Ricky, and all the team at Last World and Spurs, as well as your lovely listeners. Uh, my name's Don Bett, and I'm from the Fulhamish podcast, and I'm coming on to have a look ahead to, obviously, the game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the 30th of December. hope everyone had a very, very enjoyable festive period. And Fulham, at the moment, we're in a bit of a weird place at the moment because we've started playing really well, or the performances have definitely improved as compared to what we saw at the beginning of the season where we were conceding goals left, right, and centre. We've seen to have definitely shored up at the back. You know, we've got four draws in a row now not considering that many too many goals at all I think it's 445 minutes since we last conceded a goal from open play now which if you told us that at the beginning of the season we'd be doing in December I think a lot of Fulham fans would have bitten your hand off we just haven't been converting these draws into wins which has been our biggest issue you know the likes of Burnley have been getting victories um Brighton are still ahead of us but I'm still confident that we can stay up uh we have we have shown promises just sort of getting uh our front line sort of firing and trying to get and putting goals in the back of the net because we are very strong at the back now and it's more just trying to convert the chances through our midfield and into our attack you know, the tactical system that we've been playing recently has been a sort of a 3-4-3 or 3-4-1-2. Uh, back three of Olaina, obviously formerly of Chelsea, that we've got on loan from Torino. Uh, Tosin, Adarabayo and Anderson, who we got from Lyon and Manchester City, who have been absolutely exceptional for us since they've come in. You know, they've, they've formed a real partnership at the back. And obviously, behind them, you've got a world-class keeper, or you know, who's in a World Cup winning squad behind Hugo Lloris in um, Al- Alfonso Areola. And I think there's a lot of teams in the Premier League he'd start off who are in the top echelons of the league. You know, I think he's a top four quality goalkeeper. I think he's absolutely exceptional. And somehow, we've got him on loan from the, li- uh, the likes of Paris Saint-Germain, who's also was at Real Madrid last season. is absolutely phenomenal. So you've got that sort of the back three and the goalkeeper who've been sublime recently. Then in the wing back areas, we've been playing, actually been playing Bobby Deckard Dover Reed in the right wing back position. Although he's mo- main, mainly known as being sort of an attacker, you know, whether a striker or a number ten or a winger, but he's been playing in the right wing back and he's been amazing there. Uh, the work rate's there. He's you know getting up and down. He's supporting Olarina. He's joining the attacks as we saw with his goal um, against Liverpool. And he is actually our top goal scorer this season. And on the left hand side, we've got Anthony Robinson, who we got from Wigan, who, as the commentators seem to mention, every single game nearly got a move to AC Milan last season if it wasn't for his medical issues. But again, he's been great as well. He's been, uh, you know, getting down the line, putting some great balls into the box. You know, if Mitrovic was starting, he probably would have put some of them away. You know, there was a a clear chance in our last game against Southampton on Boxing Day where he put in a sublime ball uh, for Ivan Cavallero and he unfortunately just headed it completely high and wide over the bar. Then in the centre midfield department, we've been rotating um, Mara Lamina and Harrison Reid playing alongside... um, Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the league. Uh, I think he's he's absolutely amazing. There was a reason Real Madrid were after him last January after he was on loan at Villarreal from us last season while we were in the championship. But he breaks the lines in the midfield so well. He gets the ball and he he drives through the midfield. And I think he he sort of what we've been missing since we sold Moussa Dembele to you guys. Really, um, he's probably the best midfielder at doing that we've had since then. And the next thing you know, you've got Lamina and Reed, who are two sort of different types of midfielders. You've got Lamina who's sort of 
all action, combative, and you know, and again, sort of driving through. But you've also got Harrison Reed who can just sit there and allow Langisa uh, to play. And I think both of them are going to have the, their parts to play in the squad this season. But that's been our sort of settled midfield. Then the recent front three has been uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek, uh, Ivan Cavallero, and Adamano Lutman. Um, I think Ivan Cavallero and Ruben Loftus Cheek, I would personally take out. I don't think Ruben Loftus Cheek has been up to it this season. He seems slow, he seems sluggish. Um, he, he, he doesn't seem to, seem to have recovered from his most recent long-term injury. And Ivan Cavallero, although he scored that penalty, which he finally did this season, I think that's his only goal in the last 30 games for us. So for, if it was me, I'd bring in the likes of Alexander Mitrovic and Tom Kearney to play in the front three because... I think especially when if we're going to be you know not having as much of the ball and I think holding the ball up from Mitrovic is going to be very key and then the likes of Tom Kenny to pick a pass for the likes of Lookman who's probably been our best attacker this season he's been absolutely sensational uh, his direct running at players he's always looking to take players on and I think that's something we've missed in recent years really last year we had the likes of Cavallero and um, Anthony Knocker out wide it just wasn't the same yeah Adam and Lookman for us has been absolutely sensational and um, it's annoying this game because it's the second season in a row we've played you guys in the Premier League and we haven't been able to go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium obviously the first time you guys were still playing at Wembley and then now obviously you know it's behind closed doors it's annoying because it's you know the only ground in the Premier League that I and a lot of Fulham fans haven't been to due to our 13 years there uh, previously from you know 2001 to 2014 you know where we've reached like the Europa League final and playing Europe multiple times but yeah it's annoying there's no fans at the game especially especially I know even if it was tier 2 there wouldn't be Fulham fans there but you know no fans at the game isn't what anyone wants to see but you know that's sort of team I'm expecting from Fulham I don't think we'll change our game plan too much we will be very solid at the back so we will be asking you guys to break us down um, like and as you can see against Liverpool, you know we restricted them to very few chances. Uh, the, the, their goal came through a dubious penalty decision for a handball from a wall and a free kick from a Bubakar Kamara. So you know we we sat deep and didn't allow them to space space in behind. And I think we're going to do that for Spurs. We're not going to allow Kane and Son to have all these deep runs in behind and the likes of Gareth Bale and Lucas Moura as well. So I think you're going to have to work very hard for your chances. If I'm going to go for a score prediction for this game. I'm going to be positive and say Fulham can get another draw, a fifth consecutive draw. I don't think we'll have enough to win. I think I've only seen us win at White Hart Lane uh, once, and that was when Dimitar Berbatov scored the winner. But I'm, I'm going to be positive and say we can hopefully grab a 1-1 draw, because obviously you guys, um, obviously you, you still are in the title race. A lot of teams are, but obviously you dropped outside of the top four recently. And I think we can we can cause you guys some issues. We, as I say, we, we caused Liverpool issues, and you know they're arguably the best team in the league, and you know they are the champions. So I really do think we can cause Tottenham some I don't think we'll have enough in us to win the game, but I am confident we can get a 1-1 draw. I've been Don Betts from the Fulmish Podcast. Enjoy the game, guys. And we're back. Last word on Spurs. We've been discussing what was quite a horror show uh, today against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, a real horror show. So, look, let's put that to bed, OK? It's all about looking forward. It's Christmas time. It's a time of hope and it's a type of renewed vigour and uh, and such. And so let's try and take a bit of Christmas spirit uh, through to Spurs. And uh, look, we want to say thank you to the uh, Fulham previews. Well done for those. So to the chaps in the virtual studio. And we really should be looking forward to this Fulham game. It should be something we'll be licking our lips at. Okay. But the way things are at the moment, Lee, I'll, I'll start with you. I, I just can't be confident about anything. I, I mean, I'm fearing Marine at the moment, to be honest. It's just like, that's how I feel. 
worst. It's scary, isn't it? I, I watched the Fulham game the other night, uh, yesterday uh, versus um, Southampton, and um, Southampton scored two goals that were ruled offside. Um, and uh, you know, Fulham had a couple of chances. They just didn't. They, they can't cross the ball very well. And then when they did cross the ball well, um, it was a woeful header. Um, didn't really have any cutting edge at all. But they got a lot of energy, a lot of verve, a lot of. Um, you know, a willingness to get on the ball and do certain things and, 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 and actually got into a lot of t- attacking positions, four or five people in a box uh, or in, in, a t- in the final third for sure. So they're not, they're not fighting to, 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 to go forward, which I actually think will f- suit Tottenham, um, especially at our place, because actually there'd be a load of space in behind to go and have a go at them. But, you know, with all the greatest respect, I think Fulham, Craven Cottage is an amazing ground. If you haven't ever been, try and get yourself down there as an away game when when the world kind of gets back to some sort of normality. It's the be- one of the best away grounds you can go to. It's fantastic. Um, and and it's, a, it's a brilliant club, to, 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 to be fair. But with with all due respect to them, we should be absolutely stuffing them. Like, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. We need to go there and absolutely rip them a new one. I think we've got it in us. We showed it against United. We showed it against Southampton. We showed it against Maccabi Haifa. Um, you know, West Ham, 3-0 up. You know, it, I know I know it went tits up in the end. But, you know, we've got the ability to be able to go and do it. And I think we need to be on the front foot and, and, and you know, <laughs> I was going to say, start fast, get, uh, get in and be on the front foot. We did that tonight against Wolves and look how it turned out. But, you know, th- there should be no fear. The problem is, Crackers, is when you go four games without a win in the Premier League um, and you play some some woeful stuff like we- we've played over the last couple of games, um, you know, you've taken 12, two points out of a possible 12, it starts to become a confidence issue, regardless of how good you are as a player. It starts becoming confidence issues. You start starting to think, oh, actually, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I should do that or maybe I should just get rid of it or whatever it might be. And that that's going to uh, prove a point. But... If there's anything to be positive about, uh, even more positive about um, uh, tonight, is that that Fulham game is in two days or three days' time. So, you know, we're going to get this shitty result out of our system very, very quickly, and we need a reaction. I wanted a reaction after Leicester. Uh, sorry, I wanted a reaction after Liverpool. We didn't get it against Leicester. I wanted a rea- uh, reaction out of Leicester. Didn't really get that tonight at all either, as we've discussed. So we've got to have one against Fulham. Otherwise, we're going to start getting into a rut. And that balancing um, that you did before the break on my stats of positivity is going to start. You know, we're on a downward spiral. We've got to stop it. We've got to get a win. And we've got to start move, move, moving back uh, to, towards the, the higher echelons of that table. Um, and it has to start against Fulham. And I think that we shouldn't be fearful. People talk about Lookman. People talk about a DC. People talk about these players. But what have they done? You know, they couldn't even score a penalty like three weeks ago. Um, do you know what I mean? So you know, we should have no fear of them whatsoever. We should go in there with our chests out, pumped up and say, right, we need to put tonight, it was a wrong and we need to put it right against Fulham at home and put on a performance that we're all proud of. So we can go into that Leeds match knowing that we've got three points under our belt and we're going again. Jamie, coming to you. He can't play Son and Kane, can he? He just no. cannot. They are knackered. Um, no, totally. And it is, it's so frustrating because he can't keep relying on the same players over and over again, especially when they're in the sort of form that they're in at the moment. You need to go and change it up and he can't keep alienating players. You've got Deli Ali there in the squad. You've got Vin- uh, Vinicius to, ca- to come into the team and you need to be able to rotate them. You can't not have use these players. I mean... It's beyond me why Vinicius was kind of cut out because I think in that game where he was hauled off um, uh, midway through, I think through the second half, 
he just scored a goal and it was just kind of bizarre that we haven't seen him since. We desperately need a guy who can come in and fill uh, the spot, uh, Harry Kane's spot at the moment, because at the moment he's absolutely on it, you know, absolutely dead on his feet. So he needs to be able to go and rotate it. I don't want him to keep trying to alienate players and, and trying to get keep them out the squads. Um, but yeah, look, Fulham, of course, it's, it's a side we've got to go and beat. We can't, you know, you can't go and sit in the defend against Fulham. We can't play the way we have been. We need to go and change it and we need to really, really go at them. I don't want to see a Spurs trying to sit deep, trying to defend the 1-0 lead. We need to go for them. We can't just go and rely on a one-goal lead. Um, it's got to be all guns out on uh, on, on Wednesday. Uh, behind, uh, Jamie, I'll stay with you, behind Son and Kane and Vinicius, is there any other options up top that we could possibly possibly go with I mean I, I saw I, you know, Gary Doherty and and Campbell play up top for us once I mean sure and there must be some other options I think as well I also I look at the bench today I think it was Delhi Bergvine and Lucas to come off the bench so in a way yes I mentioned about plan B there needs he needs to try and try and think of a different option or way of working but at the moment, Lucas isn't contributing enough when he comes on. Uh, Bergvine not contributing enough when he comes on. And it, it needs also the, free, the the players that aren't kind of getting in the starting eleven to really step up. As I said, it's always so reliant. When Kane and Son are not performing, Spurs just don't seem to have another player who's able to step up. The other frustrating one, again, given Don Ballet 90 minutes, it's clearly not a fitness issue there. It's a problem we're trying to shore up the midfield. And Don Ballet is our most creative player. He was... The only, it was pretty much the only player on the pitch for Spurs today that was actually looking to try and go forward, that was doing something special. So he needs to keep Ndombele on the pitch. He can't have this agenda against Ndombele where he wants to try and shore up the midfield um, because he really was the only alternative to Kane and Son today. So I don't want to see Ndombele hold off after, you know, that predictable, we even called it on the WhatsApp, brill off after 60 minutes or so. I don't want to see that. I need, you know, if he's the only person offering an alternative, then we need to try and look to to work with his strengths. And that, that's something, obviously, we really messed up today by bringing him off. And you and I have been friends for a few years now. And uh, <laughs> I remember going to a charity football game with you and you bagging a bit of a weldy. Have you got your boots? Uh, for <laughs> yeah, Liberty Stadium, wasn't it? Weldy. Um, I wish I did, mate. I'll tell you, because... I don't know, man. I, I'm with the boys. I, I don't think he'll drop Son or Kane. I really don't. I think he just wants to get the job done if we can do that. Um, but, you know, it's like Fulham are fighting for their lives and knowing how like, they'll turn into Brazil 1970 against us. So it, it's just one of them things. I, I'm really, really, for the first time in a long time, I'm not confident. I think we will win, but I've still got that doubt in me. The minute that eight minutes starts when I see the eight minutes on the clock, I, I, I just start getting nervous. Um, Scotty Parker, and I know that you always fear the curse of the ex-player or somebody that yeah. was with us. Or uh, Is there a future Spurs manager in Scott Parker, do you think? Or has he not really been at the reins long enough to, to no. show... Uh, to, to no, I don't, I don't. I don't think. Uh, nah, not, not not at the moment. I mean, listen, he's, he's you know he's doing a white Fulham and good luck to him. And I always loved Scotty Parker because you, he was always a solid seven, eight out of ten, week in week out. But to manage Spurs, I, I can't see that in in the future. You know, but uh, 
you never know. Stranger things have happened, but <laughs> let's get this game under our belt. Let's let's forget about tonight. Move on. Another, it, it, please, please, God, we, we win on on Wednesday, and uh, we're still in and amongst it. Hopefully. All right, listen, chaps. I'm not even going to come to you for score predictions because at the moment we're so so Jekyll and Hyde. I'm just going to say that we're all hoping for a win, hoping for at least if we're going to play a counter-attacking game, have one more than have one more counter-attack or more counter-attacks than one. I should yeah. say, as Lee's pointed out from his blue book. Or just at least go like all out and and just and just have, have a go. But just please, 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 Tottenham, please, Jose, do something a bit different than what you've done today. It's just because that's that's just that's just not working. That's just not the answer. All right, listen. I just want to say thank you, Jamie, for this evening. Uh, tough show to do these ones. But you've stepped up, stepped in, offered some uh, some good points and a bit of positivity in amongst the uh, the, the kicking of anus as well. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, I think one of the only positives was that they didn't have that long to ruin our weekend. So I guess that that's one of the only positives to kind of take from tonight. But um, yeah, look, we need a big response. We know Jose Mourinho and his staff are fantastic tactical analysis. They'll need to go away and look that tonight didn't work. It hasn't been working for the last couple of games and it really needs to change. So um, hopefully, hopefully they can find an alternative. Uh, to you, Mr Lee McQueen, let's hope that Blue Book has a few more positive stats in the, uh, in, in the columns <laughs> come Wednesday night and uh, the train gets back on track. Train needs to be back on track. A crazy train. I told everybody at the beginning of the season, when Jose came in a year ago, it's going to be a crazy train. It's a crazy ride. And at the moment, it's crazy. We don't like it. It's a mind-blowing emoji. But I'm confident that we get back on track. I'm confident that we'll win on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, three points in the bag. It'd be a nice, a nice performance, a good performance. Goals coming. Um, and uh, it set us up lovely for the weekend before, uh, before we go, uh, go again against Leeds. Remember, we are not out of this. We're not in the mix-up. We're not, we're not title contenders, but we're not out of a top four position. We're, we're in a decent position to still have a very, very good season. So let's learn from this. Don't keep doing the same thing, Palace. And then again tonight, as we pointed out, learn from it. Get the job done against Fulham in a good way. Start playing some football that we can all enjoy because tonight wasn't acceptable. So Jose, change it, buddy because we need it. Hallelujah, brother McQueen. And finally to you, Mr. Anthony Costa. Let's hope the only winks we're discussing Wednesday are the ones where we're winking at each other after the game going, hey, <laughs> hey, what about oh, that? No, for a week? Oh, no. What about that? Listen, I, I, you know, I hate sounding plays out, but, you know, people might have a pop at me and that, but... It's unfortunately I, I hate I hate being that person. I hate I hate singling players out. So apologies to the people that are listening. I I just very very I'm too passionate sometimes for my own good, and I just want us to just to play some good football and to go out on Wednesday and beat Fulham and not have any. Don't be scared. I don't want to see scaredness. I just want to see us attacking and defending right. 
and no no silly mistakes. Just just everyone fight for that badge, man, because the badge is 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 very very important. Uh, boys and girls, as ever, we always appreciate you listening and downloading. And again, thank you for. Wow, there must be nearly 200 points and questions that have come in and uh, we have tried to cover them all. But we must have covered them off, haven't we, Crackers? In. We must have covered a lot of them off. I know we haven't name-dropped everyone, but oh, we must have covered no, them off. No, it's just, us. yeah, just, just, just brilliant, just brilliant. At Colin Spurs, at Gaz1882, there's just been so, so many that have come in and, uh, I mean... To, to be honest, some of them we couldn't actually read. They were just so fuming, like, but, um, oh, listen, it's a game of passions. That's what it's all about. And let's hope that we put it right on Wednesday. Enjoy your rest of your Christmas break, whatever you're doing. We're back on Wednesday after the Fulham game. Hopefully a little bit more positive, hopefully a little bit more upbeat. But as always, whatever happens, it's always come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.